Great to see you all. We're going to talk about a subject that none of us probably have any problems with, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Homeward is the largest provider of parenting seminars in the U.S., and so we do things on different subjects, but all of us got together. There's 27 of us, and I think 25 of us got together um, over the summer, and we said, what are the questions parents are asking about just generally about all of our sessions, right? And it could be a marriage session. It could be a session on growing spiritually, all kinds of stuff. But the number one question was about creating a media-safe home. And we have, a, we have uh, one of our, our seminars. is called Creating a Media-Safe Home. Um, but the number one question was always that. And it was also gender identity issues. And interestingly enough, gender identity issues kept kind of sneaking in because of the digital thing. So in this short a time, I'm not going to be the answer-all person. But I'm also not going to whine and complain about technology, because let me say this. All technology is not evil. You need to hear that from the beginning, because you might think I'm going to say that, okay? All technology is not good. But technology is not neutral, and it does affect our kids in some ways that are really important for us to get at. So in my old life, I used to speak to students, and I periodically get a chance to come and speak to students. I was in Richmond, Virginia, and I was doing something like this, really close to what we have done for this weekend. I was preaching at a church um, on the weekend, and then I was doing something. But the Friday night was not a marriage uh, deal. It was Saturday. I spoke to kids, 800 kids, middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I realized some of you have younger kids. We'll find out where, that, where you are in a bit. And I said to these students at the beginning, I said, how many of you believe it's possible to be addicted to social media? 800 kids in the room. You know how many kids raise their hand? All of them. I honestly didn't see a kid. And, you know, there's middle schoolers and high schoolers, so maybe it was because they saw their friend raise their hand, so they raised their hand. But 800 kids raised their hand. And then I asked this question. How many of you think you just might be addicted to social media? 798 kept their hands up. Two kids in the front row put their hands down. Now, that was interesting because these are kids who pretty much come from the families that you come from. And yet, the, the world has changed. And we have to make sure we keep up with it. Now, I want to show you a video that's going to come out. And this video happened right before 2007, June 29th, because the world changed on June 29th, 2007. Here was the, this video is actually the ad that you would have seen if you were watching television during that season. Here's the ad. There is no ad. There's no video. Oh, I really made a big deal about that. My bad. <laughs> I thought we checked it. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I was speaking at, the national, at a national conference two weeks ago, and I kind of did the, I didn't, I wouldn't talk on this subject, but I said, here, this is great. Watch this. And the thing comes on, but it never, it's, it was just a media glitch, and it didn't work, and I went, wasn't that big a deal anyway, and I just kind of moved right on, but there you go. It's not, it, it is not that big of a deal. We'll move on. I see you guys working it. Let me just move on with that. We'll just go on. We'll go with the screens, though, Eli. Okay, so people are asking these kinds of questions. These may, these may be your questions. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Looks like we get to see it. Here we go.
June 29th, 2007. That thing right there, that changed our life. A baby is crying or a young preschooler is crying at the restaurant. What are you going to do? You're going to hand them the, the phone. The greatest distributor of internet pornography, that thing right there, wasn't the way people saw pornography until that was delivered. Do we all want to go out? I just got a new one this week, of all things. I think it's cool. But what did I do before this? I actually, I was raised in a family that, of course, we didn't have this because we had something called the landline. Okay, we actually, you know, today's students, they wouldn't have any idea what a landline looks like. We don't have a landline in our house. Okay, but the world has changed and it changed because of this in, in many ways. And so the questions that parents are asking today, and believe me, what we're talking about is critical and key to parenting. The questions that parent, parents are asking today are, are tough. I mean, here's some questions. What age, uh, let me put my glasses on because my notes are too small. What, uh, what age are my kids allowed to use social media? Okay, that's a good question. Should I use parental controls on the, their devices? Should I share passwords? Should I limit screen time? How young is too young for my daughter to have her own cell phone? My nine-year-old son is obsessed with Tic-Tac, not TikTok, account. Should I get on his account? Well, it's TikTok, and the answer is yes. Um, my 11-year-old daughter, Emily, wants her own Instagram account. Well, sorry, Emily. The law says that Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and I checked with TikTok, on TikTok yesterday, the account says not until age 13, and then we'll talk about it. It's not just something we're going to give them. It's something we're going to talk about. Okay, I caught my son viewing porn. What do I do? And then, of course, the last one is, should we pack our bags and move to Papua New Guinea? Well, we're probably not going to move to Papua New Guinea, so we're going to have to figure out those questions in the here and now. And here's the big question, and this is important for you no matter what the age of your kid is is technology bringing your family closer together or is it driving them farther apart? Okay? And in many ways, that's the big question for what we're going to talk about today. I can go at this with so many... In fact, we have a two-and-a-half-hour seminar, and I'm not bringing up one of the pieces of content in our two-and-a-half-hour seminar on it. This is all different. But I'm, I'm running with that idea. Is technology bringing our family closer together or, or moving it apart? Now, I could have said the same thing to the marriage thing last night. I mean, 11% of people have said that they have made love while they were looking at some kind of their device. Seriously. How was that night for you, see? So, again, that's an important question. But it starts young, and it is possible that there could be some addictive natures here. So here's some random facts about kids and screens. Not to freak you out, but just so you make sure you understand this. Back in the 70s, children didn't have much screen time. Uh, they did watch TV, but really they didn't engage with any kind of a, you know, with, with screen, much screen. Now, remember, this is prior to Disney, or whether well, it was Disney, but there wasn't, you know, Disney Plus, and there wasn't Nickelodeon and all these things, but uh, until age four, but today the average age is four months, okay? And I want you to be thinking about some of this because I'm not saying this is all you, and I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just saying this is a new world in which we live tweens today, so that would be more the 10-year-olds to say, you know, 13-year-olds, tweens spend less time outside than prisoners. Did you hear that? Okay. That's less than one hour a day. You got to get these kids moving and get them outside and get them interacting face-to-face -face if they're going to be normal kids today. Kids spend twice as much time playing on their screens than they play outside. Three out of four kids spend 
less than 60 minutes playing outside. One out of five don't play outside at all on a typical day. And most parents say that they spend a lot more time outside than their kids do. Now, four and five tweens, they have a social media account by 12. Now, one of the reasons why that's important is I in, just kind of interjected something that the average kid is four out of five have a social media account by age 12. But what is the age that you can legally be on Facebook, legally be on Instagram, legally be on TikTok, things like that. Now, kids aren't as much on Facebook because why? Because you're on Facebook, right? So the demographic of Facebook is growing like crazy, but it's not growing in that demographic because you're on Facebook, so that's old school for them. But again, pretty interesting that vast, vast, vast majority of them have a social media account when it's really not even legal for them. Six in 10 kids don't get enough sleep, and the primary reason? Screen use. Common Sense Media, which is a great place to go. By the way, write it down. Get to know Common Sense Media. It's not a Christian group, but it's really, really good. Found that 8 to 12-year-olds use screens for entertainment four hours and 44 minutes a day. Let that sink in for a minute, okay? 13 to 18-year-olds, this is also Common Sense Media, that the screens were seven hours and 22 minutes, and those numbers don't count using screens for schoolwork or homework. And then one that's not going to fly up here is... Over 70% of kids say that they accidentally encountered online porn. And we're going to talk about porn later. But just for your knowledge, just I want to just throw this at you. Top uh, six social media platforms kind of in comparison. Facebook is by far the number one. By the way, it's larger than the country of China. It's larger than the country of China and India, the second largest country, combined. So you're talking about a pretty large country that Facebook. So Facebook is a massive influence. YouTube is number two, and that's 20, uh, 2.2 billion. Notice where they're all from, California, where I live. Um, WhatsApp, it's not as big here in the United States, but it's bigger outside internationally. They still have two, they have two billion uh, people. We're, WhatsApp is going to happen more and more and more here. You'll hear more about that if that's new to you. Um, Instagram is two billion. TikTok, which interestingly enough, Two years ago was the number one teen site, is now the number two teen site. But it was only, it, it's only been in existence since 2016, but it, is, it has a, you know, one billion uh, people. And then Snapchat is a mere 538 million. And, and by the way, Snapchat is the largest social media that uh, sends sexting. So it's the, it's the when, social me when Snapchat was built, it was built with a platform was built by some college students. When they sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars, they, I've seen it. I have the, the, the email, not, I don't I have a copy of the email. But in that email, it said, uh, this is the best social, uh, this is the best sexting site possible. So, you know, today, Snapchat, a lot of us think it's cute with little kids because it has little butterflies and all those things. And those are cute. I honestly mean it. All stuff isn't bad, but all of it isn't good. It still is the major sexting. Uh, tool and one of the reasons it's a major, major sexting tool is because it doesn't stay on your phone for very long. But what kids found out quite quickly is that if kid number one is sending a sext um, to kid number two, uh, so their naked body and they're going, well, it's going to go away, but they're taking a photo of the photo, and so now it's you know in their fo photo deal. And even even uh, fascinating enough, there's a young man. He's in eighth grade. Probably now he's probably in 10th grade, but he was in 8th grade when he contacted Homeward, he, his family, because he had a friend who the boy and the girl were, were sexting each other. And again, this happens in junior high, big time in junior high. And so they were sexting of naked bodies, and you know, show me, I'll show you if you show me, and you know, it's happening. And then they broke up. <clears throat> so the girl didn't realize that he had saved all of the pictures 
because they were using Snapchat. And so then he sent the pictures to some of his friends, which is called revenge porn, by the way. And he sent some of these things to his friends. And then the kid that contacted us, he sent it. He lived in Massachusetts, but he sent it to somebody in Rhode Island and he got arrested because it was going across the state. And today that kid is a sex offender. Okay. Now he was a, a middle school kid. If I was in middle school and I would have been involved in that, I would have done something silly like that. My brain wasn't fully developed. It's just a silly thing to do. But the point being is that this kid is now a registered sex offender, at least until he's 45. So that means going into college. That means, you know, at the beginning of his workforce, he, there he is. So, you know, it's a simple thing like Snapchat, but, you know, you got a lot of Snapchat followers. Now, with teen sites, and the reason I say teen, even though all of you don't have teens, is because wherever the culture goes, it's where the teens go. So if you've got younger kids, you want to know what the teens are doing. That's not just with social media, but that's with anything, because teens kind of rule culture, okay? When, uh, when MTV was first founded 30-some years ago, Robert Pittman, who was one of the founders, said, we aren't creating a a music channel, we're creating a teen culture, and that's exactly what they did. Now, that wasn't social media, but with the social media sites, today it's YouTube, then TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and then a distant fifth is Facebook. So again, those are in your notes, by the way, but if that's just, that, that is important for you to know, because if you have, how many of you have kids who are 13 and under in this room? Okay, it looked like that. How many of you have kids 13 and over? Okay, some of you raised your hands. Okay, so the point being that your younger kids, they are being influenced more by that world, quite possibly. Okay, so YouTube, interesting enough. Let's take YouTube. It's the number one site for, for teens. Is it possible to see porn on YouTube? Yeah, it is. If you want to see this, you could take your phone right now. Don't, but if you're going to take your phone, and if you're connected to in your own self, if you've got some addiction issues with pornography and whatnot, don't play this game. Please don't. But you could go right now to uh, YouTube and just type in 18 plus. So guess what? Kids who are 10 can go to 18 plus. And if you go to 18 plus, you're going to see all kinds of, you know, porn. If you're in middle school and your friend says to you, you're a boy, and you're in middle school and your friend says, would you like to see Britney Spears with her top off? She's become popular again. Would you like to see her with her top off? No problem. You can find it on YouTube. So again, what parents sometimes see is innocent because YouTube, for example, we did family devotions every week with our kids, and our kids always used inspirational YouTube videos, and actually, they were pretty awesome. Homeward has a YouTube channel. We have a million people come and watch our, you know, our little short-form videos on parenting and on marriage. It's awesome. It can be used in a great way, but at the same time, it's you know, something that can be used in a bad way. So what I like to describe this as is digital candy, okay? So is, who has a sweet tooth in here? Oh, everybody, okay. So you two, both of you guys, okay? So what's your favorite candy? Ice cream. Ice cream, okay. <laughs> Chocolate. What's yours? Anything. No, no, you can do ice cream. Chocolate milk. You guys are like the most boring. I mean, <laughs> you have 31 flavors at 31 at, at you know Baskin Robbins, and you guys would get chocolate and vanilla. Okay, um, I'm not burning on you. Um, okay, so if I said if I was eating, I had my chocolate and my vanilla, and I handed you and I said, would you like a bite? Would you take a bite? Sure. And I, it's not like we're sharing germs or whatever. And then I said, do you want another? Would you take another? 
Sure, we, we, we would. I mean, I, mine is, is M&M's, peanut M&M's. And it's just a drag because I, I go, I'm trying to lose weight. I don't want to do this. And so I can't eat one peanut M&M. Well, that's kind of how it is with kids. They get on social media. It's like it is with us too, by the way. We get on social media. We just go down a, a thing. We have a friend at our church. And we just found out that her, that her son died in his sleep. And he's, you know, like 30. And so I went on her Facebook, and I'm not a friend on Facebook, but she had it open. And so then I thought, so I saw this, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen these people for a long time. And I went through all of their friends, and then the next thing you know, it's like 25 minutes, and I'm just going through, you know, their, their Facebook. I'm now not even thinking about their, I was going to write them a note, and I was going to tell them I'd be praying for them and all this. And instead, I'm now going, oh, my gosh, look at who that is. Look at that. You know, I'm, I'm just going down a path. And I've lost time because it's digital candy. What I just mentioned up here in terms of social media, it's digital candy. And for a lot of kids, they can't just do 20 minutes of social media. They've got to do more. And here's what happens. And I'm going to be nerdy for just a bit because I kind of can get nerdy on the brain stuff, especially when we're thinking about teen brains and younger brains. It's not fully developed. Your brain develops fully by 26, 25, 26, 27, right? And... So what happens is, is when I'm enjoying anything, if I'm enjoying chocolate and vanilla ice cream, which I like, and I didn't mean to burn on you, but I, I would never order those two. Um, but if I'm eating chocolate ice cream or if I'm making love with my wife, the same thing is happening. Sounds kind of weird. But dopamine is happening. It's what we call the pleasure hormone. And the pleasure hormone happens if I was eating ice cream, if I was having sex with my wife, if I was looking at porn, same thing. Okay, not that I look at porn, but if I was looking at porn. But if I was just going down, I enjoyed my social media little jaunt that I said the other day about this couple, right? And so, again, it's called the dopamine. And it, too much of, 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 of anything is not a good thing. So, for example, if, you know, if I said you want some ice cream and you had a few bites, that's great. Or if you had a bowl, that's awesome. But if you started eating gallons of ice cream, that's not going to be healthy for you. And what we've got today, my friends, is we've got a lot of kids who are eating gallons of social media and are eating gallons and gallons of digital candy, and it's affecting them in a way that we don't you know, really like. Now, Dr. Nicholas Cardiaris um, said this, and it's too late. It didn't come into the to my notes because I just got this this week. Digital drugs may be even more insidious and problematic than illicit drugs because we don't have our guard up against them. Really interesting. My job here today is one, is to help you put your guard up. Not to be so afraid of it that you never, your kids are going to be on, on social media. Your kids are going to use digital. That's the way it is. In 2007, kids saw more television than they saw digital media, and then in 2007, because of the iPhone mainly, and because of all the things that came along with the iPhone, it changed. It will never go back, see? But our guard has to be up. So the Bible says this in Proverbs, and again, it's not coming up, but it's a very important scripture. Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Perhaps you heard somebody, if you were in student ministry or children's ministry, you would have heard somebody teach that when they talk about sex. But you know what? Guard your heart is not just about sex. Guard your heart is about your, your, your mind, your heart, your body, your being. 
In fact, the Hebrews, interestingly enough, when they would say the word heart or mind, it's pretty much interchangeable because the Hebrews didn't have the heart. Like our heart, we love with our heart. We think with our mind. But the Hebrews didn't do it that way. And so their heart and their mind were, all, were, were kind of combined. And so listen to this. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So what we have today is, in parenting is we have the opportunity to help our kids make right and wise decisions that will last a lifetime. Now, to do that, we may have to bounce back a little and not allow so much digital candy because it may not help them become all that we hope them to be. So brain development um, with kids is one thing on screens, but kids need hands-on learning and they need social and they need emotional skills as well. So tomorrow, um, after church, and I'm so excited about being at your church tonight and tomorrow, but um, after church, I'm going to catch a plane. And if I said to you, come with me, come back to California with me. And so uh, let's get on the plane, American Airlines, okay? And, uh, and you did. And the flight attendant said, when we got on the plane, now, I need to caution you, because if you get on this plane, there's a possibility that you could become obese, have ADHD, you'll be more depressed and anxious, poor grades in school if you were in school, uh, lower the opportunity for meaningful relationships, lack of sleep, uh, poor school performance, uh, uh, lack of parent-child interaction, uh, decrease in friends. You kind of get the deal. How many would, would get on the plane? But that's exactly what happens when kids have too much digital candy. Let me go back. Obesity. There's too much sitting around. Kids need to get out. Kids need to run. Kids need to exercise. What did I say? I said that they're actually spending, tweens are spending less time outside than prisoners, okay? Um, ADHD is now a proven fact that when kids have too much digital, I'm not going to freak you all out and say, throw away all of your phones and the televisions and the computers and all that. But what I do want to say is that your body, your, when kids are young, their brain is getting wired. And what we're doing is we're enhancing the rewiring if we allow our kids to have too much digital candy because it rewires their brains. Depression and anxiety. So as people would know, as I studied teens and, and young people, that you know, depression and anxiety has increased 37%. Since when? 2007. What happened in 2007? We got an iPhone. Okay. Now again, I'm not saying the iPhone is evil. I love my iPhone. But what I am saying is, things change. So when kids started getting on social media and other things, there's direct research that shows that kids play the comparison game and that they are now more depressed and more anxious. And the rise is, you know, looking at 2007 and on. Poor grades in school. <coughs> Poor uh, school performance. So I have a counseling appointment on Wednesday. Um, I don't do counseling anymore, but I have a counseling appointment with a board member's uh, son and daughter-in-law with their kid. And because his, his Grade performance is going down, but his phone is in his, in his uh, bedroom, and he's staying up late, and he is helping other kids do anything from homework to, he's like, he wants to be a counselor, and so he's kind of counseling kids. It's all, that sounds really good, but it's like 1230 at night, and he's not getting enough sleep, and so he's not getting his homework done, and he, he's getting poor grades. Lower the opportunity for meaningful friendships. Kid, the, it, there is a direct um, showing now in research that if the amount of hours that kids are on, and this is, I know how they do relationships too, but if they're on social media or on their digital world, that they have less friends, not better friends, okay? It lowers the opportunity for meaningful friendships, like I said. Lack of sleep. 
So if kids get a lack of sleep, and this is the, the consequence of poor sleep, would be poor school performance, driving, drowsy, obesity, behavioral problems, things like that. It's because we are allowing them to have uh, digital anything in their bedrooms. We'll talk about that. Lack of parent-child interaction. Excessive use decreases parent-child interaction big time. If you have some of you who have older kids who are already on this, you, you get that. You're like, I want to spend time with my kids, and yet you know, I don't have the relationship with them. 89% of teens report using some type of social media um, right now, and research shows that too much social media causes kids to be less social or what they call anti-social media. Okay? And uh, the more time they communicate on screens, the less effective they are at face-to-face -face communication. And the other one would be problematic internet addiction, and that could be gaming and porn. All gaming is not bad, by the way. Gaming is cool. It's fun, right? But too much gaming can rewire the brain. It, the, the brain doesn't know. When dopamine comes, the brain doesn't know that this is a good game or a bad game that has violence or sex or whatever, see? And so what we're always saying is, well, they can see games, but they just can see the good games. No, you're still rewiring the brain. So we're going to talk a little bit about hours and length because we're going to try to keep our brains because we're guarding our heart. But even the Hebrews, when they thought of heart, they thought of heart and mind, which would be you know, part of the brain. So we're going to guard our heart above all else, but it's going to determine the, the, their life. So again, those are the questions. So if you ever wondered, ever, any of you ever wondered, is it worth fighting my child for the amount of time spent in front of anything digital? Is it worth it? You know what my answer is? Yes, it's worth it. This is where you have to draw the line. And, and again, we've never been taught this. You're the first generation that's ever taught this. We didn't know what we were doing. When my kids, like my Christy, my oldest, she didn't get a cell phone until she went to college. And she was the only cheerleader at Dana Hills High School who didn't have a cell phone, but we were holding it back. And then my friend Todd, who's the chair, board chairman of Homeward, the organization I work with right now, he called me up and we were talking about something. He said, hey, it's Christy's birthday. You're going to get her a, a, a cell phone. I go, well, that's kind of random. And he goes, well, he's going to, she's going away to college. I just figured you'd give her a cell phone. And um, I said, well, I don't think so. And she, oh, so you want her to get raped and beat. She's going to be driving someplace, and um, she's going to get raped and beat because she doesn't have a cell phone for protection. I went, wow, have you been talking to Christy? And um, he goes, well, I have had a conversation with Christy. Okay. So I call Kathy up, and I go, I think we should get Christy a cell phone for her birthday. Um, and she goes, why? We talked about not doing that. Again, this is before cell phones were acceptable for a nine-year-old. And I... and. I said, well, do you want her to get, you know, her car gets, you know, pulled, her car, you know, stops or whatever, and, you know, she gets raped and beaten? She goes, oh, I think we should buy her a cell phone then. <laughs> Most expensive thing we ever did, because we bought her the cell phone, and then we paid for her cell phone all through college, and then right after college, she was in grad school, so then she goes, hey, can you guys still pay for the cell phone? So, I mean, that was like thousands of dollars, okay? I'm not saying we shouldn't have done that. I'm just simply saying... You know, the fact is, is that life changed because nobody is thinking about buying a cell phone for their kid when they go away to college anymore. And even our kids got cell phones at a younger age, the other two, see. So it becomes a, a question, though. Now, we have to look at this. Excessive screen use can take a toll on their bodies and their minds and their relationships. So let's look at what I'm going to call screen-preoccupied kid. Maybe you have one or two, versus a healthy relationship with screens. So what do I say? It's not all bad. It's not all good. So what is the goal? Your ultimate goal is this. Your ultimate goal is not to make your kids happy. Okay? 
That's not your job. You're not their best friend. Your job from zero to 18 is to launch them into adulthood where they'll become responsible adults. And, and your job actually literally is to not be their best friend and not give them everything they want because they wouldn't know what to do with that. See, So the res- goal is responsible use of screens. Again, my parents never had to get this talk because it wasn't happening. Okay, Responsible use of screen. We've got to help our kids learn to self-regulate screen time. Kids will not automatically self-regulate screen time. It's hard enough for us to self-regulate screen time. Help our kids build healthy media use habits. This is pretty much not something your parents and your grandparents had to think about, right? So let me give you something that I've kind of created, and I've done it through research, and uh, you you can bounce around with it. This is me from research. This is my opinion, okay? Nobody else's. Well, actually, a lot of experts, uh, people, but I kind of created this piece that you're, you're going to see. So let's look at media use guidelines for families. Age, media use guidelines. A- first age, younger than two. What I'm saying is very limited use. It's not a babysitter. So for example, if you have a child who's zero to two and you put cocoa melon in front of them, it works. How many of you have seen cocoa melon? Cocoa melon is not evil. It's kind of a cool, I like watching cocoa melon and it's kind of cool. However, if you go just Google cocoa melon and you get the research that's showing that cocoa melon is very different than, say, Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers, if that was something that you watched. Because Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, we now look at that and it, was so, it is so slow. In cocoa melon, there's a change every you know, half a second. Incredibly entertaining. So the zero to two-year-old watches cocoa melon and they are enamored with this crazy thing. And yet, the truth is, is that it's starting to do some rewiring on their brain. And there's some other things that we have to think about. We have to teach our kids to talk. And a device can't teach them to talk. So we have to limit that time. Children, now again, I'm talking to, who has zero to two in here, by the way? Okay, yeah, you guys, okay. You, uh, the chocolate and the vanilla people. Um, and, and you guys. So children, children have to learn to soothe themselves without a screen. So the thing that we've done, the perfect illustration was, my kid is crying, we hand him a screen. We did that just recently. We celebrated my birthday and two of our other family members' birthday, and we're at kind of this fancy restaurant. And so the grandkids all got screens, at the be- not at the beginning, but we ate, and then when they got kind of disruptive, screens were put in front of them, and they were fantastic, okay? So I'm not saying all that's bad. I'm just saying doing that all the time. Now my, my grandkids, who can... they. My own children should probably hear this talk. But my, grand, my, my grandkids, they expect if we go out to dinner that it, there's going to be a time when they get the cell phone to watch the show, right? Because it's going to get them quiet and we can have adult talk. But some children have to learn to soothe themselves without a screen. Actually, all children do. Children younger than two uh, need hands-on exploration, social interaction, trusted. And, and, and you also need to, whatever your boundaries are, you've got to say that to your trusted caregivers in your family. Okay, excessive screen time with little ones causes sometimes language and emotional delays. So, what am I saying for two to two zero to two? Severely limit screen time. Okay, again, their brains are just being formed. So, two to five. How many of you have two to five year olds? Okay, good. Okay, so two to five. Two to five year olds limit screen time to no more than one hour a day. Now, I'm not. You, they could have the best screen. They could have like I show my grandkids. Two Bible apps. One is called Mr. Phil TV. I love it. It's just awesome. It's the guy who did uh, Veggie Tales. 
and I, we subscribe to it. It's $4.99 a month. And then the U version of the Bible has a children's version, and it's great. And I show my kids that. My grandkids love this. They could see this for a lot longer than an hour, but I'm saying limit it because, again, what it's doing to your brain. Children, two to five, also must learn to soothe themselves without a screen. Okay? So our grandson, Huxley, is two, and we were at this wedding in Europe, and uh, Huck, uh, uh, Heidi, my youngest daughter, and her husband, Matt, and Huxley were with us for about a week. And we're gonna, we'd hired a driver because it was cheaper than flying and doing this other stuff. So we, were driving, we had this driver drive us from one spot coming into Athens, Greece. And Huxley was in a mess. He had a big blowout in the middle of it, which meant we had to pull over and change the diaper because this guy didn't want, you know, a dirty diaper in his car. And um, so we changed the diaper, and then he was just fussing. And so the driver put up Cocoa Melon because he had kids. And Huxley, for three hours, just was enamored with, with that. He didn't fuss anymore. Well, we had to be careful because we don't want to do that all the time. So avoid using social media just to calm your child down. Okay, Limit it to one hour a day, watch shows with your kids, two to five, whenever you can, because that's going to put you together with them, and they don't learn well on screens, and these are preschool kids, so, you know, the, the design, some of the, the television programs are actually better, like I mentioned things like Sesame Street, I don't agree with everything uh, from a philosophical or even a moral view that Sesame Street is doing right now, but it's a lot better for cognitive learning and things like that. Six to ten-year-olds, who has six to ten-year-olds in there? Okay, a lot of you. Okay, play, 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 interact, 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 play, 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 interact with other kids. This is when they jump into sports. This is when they do dance lessons. This is when they do plays. This is when they go to church activities. This is when they have school activities. So again, I'm going to tell you, I think it's important for us to limit to about an hour a day. Now, for some of you, you may be going, I'm not even showing my kids don't have an hour a day. Fantastic. It's not like you're getting beaten up on this. If your kids are seeing five hours a day at this particular age, that's too much. Not because you're showing all bad stuff. It's not like they're getting involved in porn and all these other horrible things. What I'm saying is it's affecting their brain. It's affecting the way they, they uh, you know, interact, okay? Tweens and teens, 10 to 4. Determine the amount of time, but I strongly suggest that you stay under two hours, okay? Now, again, I'm not getting this just because I'm making this stuff up. Go online even, and you can find this, or read some of the books that are out there on it. And there's great books today on this. And, you know, they're saying the same thing. So what you're going to do when they're 10 to 14 is you're going to monitor viewing. So a lot of times, if you're watching it, of course you're going to see it, but monitor the viewing. You've got to teach them to learn how to discern. Don't allow them to be on social media before at 13. It's kind of too dangerous for them. They don't know how to handle it. You're not going to let your, you know, 11-year-old you know, go to a strip club, but if you have, if they have unleashed access to social media, that's what you're doing. And maybe they never see the strip club, but maybe they do. So you want to be careful with that. Bill Gates, kind of a well-known media guy, he didn't let his kids have social media or even a cell phone until they were 14 and a half. They had to be in high school. Hmm. Maybe Bill Gates knows something that we don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So then 15 to 18-year-olds, 15 to 18-year-olds in here, okay, a few of you. Um, again, I think when they're in the home, you determine the place and the time when they can be on it. Uh, I think you monitor some of their viewing. I think you develop a viewing contract. There's lots of them. You're going to have one in your deal. I'll show it to you later. Um, rec re recreational screen time should be two hours or less. 
I said that it was, with Common Sense Media, it was at seven hours, and I'm saying maybe two hours or less. Uh, don't allow devices in the bedroom at night. Um, there was a kid who was struggling with this, and he, and he said, you know, I, I need my device because it's my alarm clock. And I said to the parents, amazing, go online. You can get the coolest alarm clock for like 10 bucks on Amazon. Do you know what that is? You guys know? Yeah, well, we had one. Well, he doesn't know what an alarm clock is. So sometimes we just use our phone because it's easy and it's handy and it's right there, but it's not like they put it on silent, see, except for the alarm clock. They have it. So I'm saying for kids, I think you take it out of the bedroom. You take the ice cream out of the refrigerator that's in our bedroom because we might get up in the middle of the night and eat some of that. So I think we have to, with kids 15 to 18, we have to uh, turn off the devices at meals. I think we create no tech zones. In our family, we actually love Wi-Fi, but our kids didn't do their homework in their bedroom. And it wasn't because they were going to be on looking at porn. It was just because we wanted them to, to be responsible and we could help monitor some of that. So let me give you some healthy tips for media use for families, okay? And um, going right on time, this is good. Uh, I might go over about a minute or two, but let me, let me give you some healthy tips, okay? Do you feel like I'm doing the shotgun approach? I totally feel like I'm doing this with you, but I felt like the only thing I could do is kind of get this stuff out to you. First of all, don't feel pressure to introduce technology too early to your kids. Technology, what's amazing about media today and technology is the devices are designed very intuitively. And so don't think that they're going to miss out because they're four and they still haven't you know, figured out how to develop you know, something on a cell phone. They'll learn quickly when it's time. Place consistent limits and hours of media use as, as well as types of media use. So you've got to think through this with them, okay? Um, select and co-view media with your child. Um, and, and so select media with them, but co-view it with your child, okay? At whatever age, okay? And if your kid's a gamer, then you play games with them, whatever it is. But jump in there. Be with your kid. Use media as something to learn, to be creative, to have family experiences instead of just putting them into the room, letting them be on their, on their it, it's just so easy to do, and yet it, it, they become isolated. Um, check your children's media for their health and safety. So there's something called history. Go to the history. Check it periodically, and let them know that you're going to do that, okay? I mean, don't just be the person who just kind of like puts your nose and, and always follows it, but just honestly, just say, hey, periodically, we're going to have media checks. That doesn't mean we're just making sure that you're in the right, right places, okay? Um, Try to stop using devices and screens an hour before bedtime because it really does affect your kid's sleep. Again, it goes back to kind of the brain stuff. Try to stop using devices um, an hour before bedtime, but also don't let your children sleep with those devices. When Becca came back from college, I saw her one night and I took a photo of it. She was sleeping with her cell phone on her face because she was just waiting for her boyfriend to maybe give her a call and maybe not. Okay, well, I don't think that's healthy. Now, she was in college. There wasn't a whole lot I could do about it. But with kids, take that thing out of the bedroom at night. Um, discourage uh, entertainment while doing homework. I'm just pushing through these things like crazy. Um, plan media-free times together as, like, say, family dinners. Our fam in fact, our family today, our family, when we have a dinner together, they don't all live at the house, but when they all come together, they all know where to put the phone. They, they, we have it a place where you can either have a docking station or you can put it, but it's not at the table. So no phones at the table. Okay, I love this. Chick-fil-A did this. I see, you know, my Chick-fil-A friends here. They didn't bring anything for the rest of us. I'm a little sad. But um, um, Chick-fil-A actually has play, uh, boxes that you can put your Chick-fil-A, uh, you put your phone in 
at Chick-fil-A. I just love, love, love that. I don't know if all Chick-fil-A's do it, but my friend who, who manages one in Palm Springs does, and I just love that. Um, so decide where there are media-free zones in your house. Um, definitely the bedrooms, as you can tell. Engage with family activities that do not center around screens, like reading, <laughs> sports, games, talking with each other. Uh, share your media rules. I've already said this with your caregivers, grandparents. That's always hard because, you know, like I remember going to grandma's house and the phone was, I mean, the television was on, you know, from morning until night. And, you know, I'd get stuck doing that. And it's harder to tell your parents that you don't do that, but still try. Um, talk about with your kids what I call online safety or um, kind of citizenship, not being a bully. 160 kids didn't go to school yesterday in America because they were bullied, and most of those that bullying was done online. There'll be 160 kids on Monday who will not go to school because of bullying. And sometimes kids can kind of get moved into that. Um, and like I said, uh, screen-free zones. Now, I, I'm going to show you some things in the next part, but I'll close with this. All of you have this in your notes, and this is a really good thing. I think it'll come up on the screen, too. This is not homewards. This is from Bark.us, and I think this is the best tech contract I've ever seen. In fact, Homeward has our own contract that we have online that you could go look at. I think this is better than ours. <laughs> so I've actually taken ours out, and I put theirs in because it's just so simple. I'm going to close this session off, and then we can take a break. Um, immediately, I will for your child when they get a, a phone, um, which, by the way, is a mobile device. It's not a phone. It's an, it's, if it's, especially if it's connected, it's a mobile device that's connected to the world. But immediately answer a phone call or text from mom, dad, or other family member. Okay, I will ask my parents before I download any apps on my phone. That means you've got to get aware of what the apps are. Kids can figure out apps. Today there are apps that fake apps, um, but figure it out. Ask my parents before sharing any photos online. That would change the world. Uh, tell an adult if anything online makes me nervous or afraid. Leave my phone in the kitchen to charge at night. Okay. I will definitely not share my address or phone number online. Add text or interact with anyone online that I do not know. Uh, be mean or make fun of people online. Pretend to be someone else on the internet. Happens all the time. Use my phone during school unless there's an emergency. Use my phone while I'm driving. I understand that. My parents can take my phone away from me. Have a phone, having a phone is a responsibility that I will take seriously. It's about that simple. See? And so depending on the age of your kids, some of you have younger kids who don't have, obviously, their own phone. So you take something like this and you adapt a contract for a five-year-old. You then change it when they're seven or eight. Then you change it from nine to 11 or whenever then you start giving them the phone. You just do something like that. Now, I just did 36 minutes in just like rapid fire, but um, I'm sure it's going to elicit some questions. When I come back, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about some of the darker side to the, to the Internet, and then we'll take some Q&A. So remember, if you want, you can fill these things out, and then you can hand them over to the gang, and, and we'll do some Q&A as well. Okay? Ready to take a breath? We'll take a 10-minute break. Is that right, Andy? Or you guys? Is that what you got? So we'll take a 10-minute break, we'll take a deep breath, and then we'll come back and, and go at it again. I'll take any, I'll stay up here and if you have any questions or thoughts or whatever. Okay? <laughs>